Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast right here from Soonerscoop.com. And uh, boy, we are glad to be back. We had last week off. Uh, well, we didn't have it off. We were just very, very busy. We had OU Pro Day. Uh, I've been stuck in the office doing security systems and networking, and the guys were going to uh, Under Armour over the weekend. Uh, we had Isaiah Thomas's charity giveaway at the Tulsa Boys Home. We had an NCAA tournament bracket being released, and Bob sitting around <laughs> being paralyzed in fear that OU might get into the tournament or they might get left out of the tournament. Uh, and it tur- I don't know where you guys want to start today, but I think we probably should start with basketball, uh, sure. just because that was, other than Tom Brady, that was the big story yesterday, uh, unless Eddie um, has any just white hot takes that he wants to throw out there at the beginning of the show. Uh, I don't think that there's anything that comes to mind. By the way, we are uh, we are in the new offices for the this first is, time. This is We're take two. Studio. Yeah, that, yes. This is yes, take indeed. two. Don't let them peek behind the curtain. All right? <laughs> I, I think that uh, full transparency, this is take two this on what we're trying stuff. to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. It's not take two because I wasn't recording the first time. Oh, well, then fair well, enough. Well, I'm glad well, that we didn't get 15 <laughs> minutes in and realize that. Yeah, it's a good thing Josh stopped us and was like, hey, I can't hear you. Uh, so Josh is not able to hear us completely. It's a little annoying uh, and uh, for him and for us. But you won't notice the difference at home, I promise. So Shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, they won't. Well, Josh isn't here, so. Oh, got the shot in. Oldie but a goodie. Bob going to the classics in the new office. Well, and what what you learned from Miami is that gas prices are so high, even for flights, that you're probably not going to be here anytime soon. Uh, Yes, there is... um... I, I rented the smallest box on wheels that I could find because I knew renting a car would be cheaper than filling up my gas tank. So it was um, a sound. Look at Josh choice. pretending like he still has a big truck. I've seen the new truck. It's not the F950 anymore. It's I, not. I think you're sad. That, that's what I hear. I, I mean, you're overcompensating right now. Oh, there, there is no question that that, that day will return, but it is... I'm not going to lie that at this exact moment, I'm not upset that it's not here. Oh, God. I can't imagine paying gas for that thing right now. You have to turn a couple tricks to be able to even <laughs> fill that thing up. Hey, stop talking well, about at least I have his daughters like that, all right? They're, they're, you know, I'm not. Still. I didn't say that. I, he might have to go out on, an, on, an, on his own. <laughs> He's got the calf to, uh, to do it. Is that what it requires? My daughters. Um... Laney this week, I guess finally put it together that like people actually listen to this podcast thing we do. And oh, she's really? Like, I want to be on it now. Like, I oh, be- oh, my God. 
So, yeah. I yeah. mean, we're being overrun. Pearl was just here not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, next thing you know, they're gonna, she's gonna start an Instagram page and all this. Oh. It's, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> TikTok. I mean, it's it's madness. Sir, I want you to know, you will be the first person blocked from her TikTok. So that is. Uh, well, I, I would hope so. I don't want to be on a five-year-old's TikTok. I don't need that on my FYP page. Do they know about that stuff? Mm, kind of. Um, like. Lainey has her own little like Facebook, uh, like messenger app where she can talk with some of her friends and stuff. But it's, it's kind of cool. Cause like you, like Tiffany or I have to approve anyone she talks to. So like it's her, you know, our parents or grandparents, stuff like that. Like it's, it's very tight circle. And then like three or four of her best little buddies and they can message and send pictures back and forth and that kind of stuff. But like Insta and Twitter, like, I don't think they, like they see me on Twitter, but I don't think they really see that as something for themselves at this point. I don't know if this means anything, but Eddie just pulled out his phone and started the rundown. <laughs> I just, so, I just remember. So I'm basically, <laughs> he's gonna, he's just the, the rundown will start out with skip to this part. There you go. This, yeah, no, I got it. That's fair. dad pod. Yeah. Skip it. Dad pod portion. Yeah. Skip. Uh, so anyway, yeah, let's get back to uh, business. We had a lot of talk to. I mean, talk about uh, the NCAA tournament. Uh, Sooners, man, I mean, hell of a game against Texas Tech. Yes. Uh, gave it their all. And they, after beating a number one seed, apparently, uh, you know, wasn't good enough, left them on the outside looking in. I know, Bob, your contention this whole time is, why the hell do you even have net rankings if this is what how you're going to treat Oklahoma? Pretty much, because, I mean, it's something Porter Moser has gone back to repeatedly, is like the net ranking, not only of OU, but of all the teams in the conference, of all the teams that, they, that they've that they been playing, and it says they should be in. I mean, Rutgers is 77, so if you beat Rutgers, that's not a, even a quad one win. Well, and that's, I mean, a, th- yeah. that's, I mean, that's not a quad one win to beat Rutgers. And basically, what I heard from the committee yesterday was, regardless of what their ratings were, they just didn't win enough of the opportunities that they had. Yes. Which is like, I, I just <laughs> like don't saying, understand. Yeah, they won a whole bunch of games compared to other people, but they also lost a lot. What I want to hear from Moser, and we're supposed to talk to him Monday, I believe, to talk, I guess, preview the NIT, kind of wrap up the season. Yes. But like, I want to hear what his thoughts are on scheduling. There's no reason to schedule tough teams if you're not going to be rewarded No more Arkansas, no more Butler. No, no. I mean, it, it. what do you get out of that? I mean, OU's worst loss this season is... Butler, and that's not that bad. And or U- it, Utah State, it, maybe? No. Utah State was like... Were they higher? Like 60. Okay. Than that. Utah State's ahead of Rutgers. Missouri State's ahead of Rutgers. Like, <laughs> there's teams... Those, get, Rutgers and Michigan getting in Notre are, Dame's got a and, pretty and, lame and, and Notre case, Dame. too. Rutgers and Notre Dame, not Michigan. I can allow Michigan getting in. <laughs> Rutgers and Notre Dame, though, it is... It's almost a travesty that both of those teams got into the NCAA tournament when you're looking at... Like, what is a resume? We spend yes. all, we spend months talking about what a resume is. And if you're not going to be rewarded for the quote unquote resume that you build, like, I get it. OU was 18 and 15, probably not the best record to get into the NCAA tournament. Their resume says that they should have been in. And how do bottom feeding uh, Big Ten teams get in when Big T- the Big 12 has two number one seeds? That's another thing. How can the Big 12 have two number one seeds, 
but six teams get in. Mm-hmm. It's like they were punished for having a good conference. Exactly. And that's what, we, I mean, Mojer has said that before. It's like if the Big 12 had 12 to 14 teams, more teams would get in. Because sure. eventually you'd have your Penn State, your Maryland, your Northwestern, your Nebraska, where you could chalk up some easy some wins. Easy wins, yeah, make the record look just better. didn't happen throughout the entire conference season. But well. the thing the thing about it is, is like people that didn't really watch OU, they would look at their record and say, Oh, they shouldn't be in the tournament. And they did. They were and all over me on That's essentially what happened. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, that's essentially what happened. Is the we kept saying, no, pay attention to the rankings. Pay attention to who they've beaten. Yep. Uh, look at you know, look at the the overall quality of wins that they have. And when it came down to it, the committee just said, nope. Screw that. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And it's it, it even for a team like an Indiana. It seemed like they were rewarded for the run that they had in the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. But Texas A and M. Wasn't. wasn't at oh, all. Oh, man, they, they they have every right to be pissed, yeah. Billy Lucci should drive to Indianapolis and commit a murder today. Uh, you could uh, sometimes... I might help him. Sometimes you lean <laughs> too, too much in the conference tournaments. This year, we with Tennessee and Iowa, it's almost like they didn't care what happened in those conference tournaments. Yeah. And, Bobby, I mean, you noted it on Twitter yesterday, though. I mean, you played Baylor three times, Kansas twice, Auburn. Which, at Auburn. At Auburn. When they, were number, when, the, they were number one. Jerry Palm basically said that if, if Iowa State and OU had flipped SEC... Uh, uh, what is it? SEC challenge. challenge. Yeah. If Iowa State had played Missouri, I mean, if OU had played Missouri and Iowa State had played Auburn and they had flipped, OU's probably in the tournament today. That's what. Like yeah. you're talking about one game differences ending a season. It just I don't know. But then again, what like, game it, differences ending a season when your final two games were a one point loss to a three seed and, and a victory that, over a that's one the seed? Other, uh, close losses clearly don't matter. And what happened to it did, it, they do not? What matter. happened to the committee looking at Oklahoma and saying, you know what, they lost one of their best players in Elijah Harkless, and they found a way to start playing better by the end of sure. the season. Yep, that was something I asked Porter last week heading into Kansas City because I thought that was you know that was going to be a check mark against them is that well Harkless isn't there they're not as good it's like you found a way and then you beat Baylor without him you really have shown that you're more than just EJ and uh, I mean I, we're again we're going to talk to Moser here in a couple hours actually by the time you guys listen to this Moser will already be done and very curious to see if almost 24 hours later if Moser has calmed down what I are you get, trying to say about the speed of my editing Bob <laughs> I'm not even going to cuss today I mean, it's going to be the 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 thing about it is is Rutgers has four quad one and quad two wins that's less I mean OU has double that of quad one quad two Sooners have 10 is Rutgers the team that was 18 and 13 yes okay yeah it just like I and they they lost to just terrible teams they've see I I guess I mean they've got good wins too Illinois Wisconsin Purdue like they've they had like a week where they went nuts and put them into the conversation but then they didn't close strong but guys, it's okay. OU's a COVID alternate. They're, they were number yeah, seven. COVID's been over for like months. <laughs> until, unless Anthony Fauci comes back unless and starts you're infecting the, people. Unless you're COVID, okay. Uh, unless you're COVID one alternate. Which I heard happened the first time around. Unless you're COVID one alternate, you really have no hope. Wait, who is Dayton, right? Yes. Yeah, Dayton. And, and here's the, if it's funny to think, like if Virginia Tech had lost to Duke and a Davidson beaten Richmond, OU's in. Well, and that's the thing. You talk about like not getting any breaks. They didn't get a single break. Yeah, well, but if the Aggies would have won, like there's yeah, other things that could have, sure. or if Dayton would have reached the Atlantic 10 sure, championship. Sure, sure. 
But it was just that because it's clear Virginia Tech wasn't going to make it if they didn't beat Duke. And obviously Richmond was stealing a bid when they made that late run in the yeah. last, last couple of Well, you, you called it in the text group. I mean, you're like, that's that's bad for Oklahoma. As soon what, as they won. What happens if OU, like, say say uh, two teams do get COVID and they can't play. What mm-hmm. happens if OU plays Tuesday night and then somehow they're looking at having to play in the NCAA tournament on Friday? Is that is that what would happen? Like they would play in the NIT, <laughs> say that a team, and I, I'm sure that there's a. There's no way you turn that down. Well, no, I mean, they would, but is yeah. that what would happen? Like I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you have to forfeit being the alternate because you select another tournament when you weren't picked by the initial <laughs> sure. tournament. I mean, it's not going to happen. I mean, you didn't see anybody even bow out of conference tournaments for COVID. Why no. would they bow out? Like, I, I, told some, I told my dad last night, it's like, if a team comes back with COVID and they can't play in the NCAA tournament, that coach should be fired. Like because Will Wade. The, 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 well, the correct response <laughs> if, if somebody has COVID is, don't tell anybody you have a cold. We're playing in the NCAA <laughs> tournament. Will Wade. He's, what a scumbag he is. Will, the only I thing haven't Will even Wade, had time to really look at all the... I've, I mean, I've it not looked just, at it, it yet either. It was just blatant cheating. I mean, he was caught on... Uh, but it was football too, tap. though, right? I don't know how much the football stuff was like actually involved. But Will Wade, I mean, the only thing that he is truly guilty of is... Not, not winning. winning. <laughs> like, yep. cheating is happening at rapid rates in the Division One. Yeah, LSU's like, what the hell? We're cheating and everything, and we suck. Yeah, so you're <laughs> like fired. Our, our football program sucks, and now our basketball program <laughs> it's sucks. It's not the eight level one uh, NCAA infractions. It's the, you weren't winning. You were right. cheating and not yeah. winning. <laughs> we got to find somebody in here that's going to cheat and win. And win. That's the LSU way. So now you look at the Sooners. They're the number one seed in one of the NIT 18 brackets. They'll play Tuesday night against Missouri State. Look at that. Porter Mojo gets to play Missouri State again after years years and years of uh, doing that. And the only thing I haven't answered... Okay, is the OU women are the number four seed and they will host at LNC throughout the course of the weekend. I don't think there's a way the OU men could host a second round game. I could be wrong, but I with the OU women in that uh, region playing Saturday, Monday. I don't know. Would you shoehorn it into Sunday when those the the women's teams would be having their practice sessions and all that other stuff, and it's kind of marked out for NCAA? So don't have any clarification on that. But of course, just win Tuesday first, and then we'll see where things go. Sure, and I mean it is what it is. It's like you can't do anything about it now. You're not in the NCAA tournament, so you might as well try to go. I guess when the NIT, I mean, I think that they're going to try to spin this now, Bob, as like you can at least try to build some type of momentum into 2022. Because teams have, right? I mean, you sure. look at TCU, Jamie Dixon's first year and him doing that, you know, Shaka Smart in Texas did it. OU fans made fun of him for the entire year, but sure. that happened. Then Memphis won it last year. Memphis is a nine seed this year. Like that, there's legitimate thing to say in that, especially when you have a lot of guys that you expect to be back. I don't know how Jordan Goldwire, Marvin Johnson, Ethan Shagwa are feeling at this moment, but I know Tanner Groves, Jacob Groves, Bijan Cortez, CJ Nolan, Jalen Hill. Like that's a solid five that you fully expect to return to this team next season. Now they just get a little, you know, a couple more weeks of practices, a couple more games to start building into what should be what they're hoping, obviously, is for a tournament run for next season. You would think like on the back end of it, I mean, I think anybody that plays basketball 
someday wants to go play at Madison Square Garden. It's kind of cool. So uh, we'll see. I mean, they should win. They should go to New York City. They should be yes. one of the top four teams in this yes, NIT. They should. I mean, there's no excuse. If, if you lace it up, they should be in that position. So it's just disappointing. The way that they ended in, you know, Friday night, too, it's like... You have every opportunity to win that game against Tech. It was when Jordan Gold oh. Goldwire starts cramping. It's like, how are you going to figure this out? And, and even just, with that said, they still like you yeah. have the ball with six seconds left on the tip out. It's not the best look. I, th- I did think it was funny that like Moser talked about, you know, basically getting guys to drive to the basket, drive to the basket. That's the probably the one time that you say, Mo, just pull up t- a three, up do it. Wherever, <laughs> half court, pull yeah. Up, pull up and hit a, hit a, from the free throw line, hit a 15-footer. But I, it just wasn't meant to be. And like, I, I, Jalen yeah. Hill should have been the guy taking the free throws, but... Jalen Hill should have had 25 free throws in that game. Yeah, he got he got he got clobbered. He got yeah, he really assaulted the entire <laughs> <A bunch>. time. <laughs> he there were a lot of fouls not called on him for sure. It is what it is though. They uh, and like with all of this said, it's one of those things. Oh, Parker Fredrickson just committed to OSU. I I had heard Creighton really. Uh, it, it it with all that said, you still have seven games throughout the regular season whether it be the oh, Butler yeah. game or the Texas game or the TCU game we've rehashed all of them that yeah two if, losses to TCU was... if, if you just win one of those games you're probably in the NCAA tournament yep so it's it's a it's a rough look but by the it way is what it is did you see our own Josh McQuistion try and jump on the OU bandwagon and throw us under it at the same time yes indeed during uh, the Big 12 tournament <laughs> I mean let it be said that I, I said the night of the Baylor win this is a tournament team national championship or bust guys are number one seed right now so, I mean, I, I that's all josh knows jo- josh knows they're number one seed doesn't know what tournament is it they're number one seed. I mean, technically, <laughs> tournaments, nobody told me this technically that is true they they could win a championship <laughs> hang hang the banner a national invitational championship i mean Champ- hey did it know. see duke getting invited to this tournament banners last forever <laughs> Invite only. I like that. No, it's a nice little uh, gra- glory grab you tried there, Josh. <laughs> no, legitimately, I watched, I would say, 15 minutes of the, the second half of Texas Tech. Like, I mean, I don't mean like, I mean like 15 minutes of the game. Like, I came they're, in. About they're the called game minutes, minute minutes yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I was I was there for 45 minutes, almost an hour, just kind of. It, it was a, it was. It's 40 to 26. To yeah, it was, it was not good. <laughs> and, so, and then. You know, it, it was. It, it was like I said that that was a. Um, it's so weird because I was always such a guy that watched. I mean, like I watched a ton of basketball, and to be like, I don't know any of these guys. Like I don't know their games. I don't know anything about them. Like I don't know what their strengths. I are. mean, you have a lot of important things to do. You have to fight with people on the the crimson corner about whether yes. red panda is about menstruation or not. Yes. I, guys, these are lofty problems that I have to deal with. <laughs> or what's it, call, what's it called? This. What's it called? Turning movie? red. Turning uh, red. Yeah. Is it about but, menstruation? I, it is. Yes. Yeah, it, it's like, about I mean, wo- growing into a woman. It's womanhood. Yeah. Yes. I don't want to yeah. know. <laughs> 
but like people making it like I watched oh, the Adam Project. It's, by the it's way, it's Teen Wolf. It's Teen Wolf. Is what it is. It's, unless your oh, child God. knows what menstruation is, they're not going to pick up that correlation at all. Yeah, I didn't want to bring that argument to the pod. Trust me. So it's pe- people looking for stuff to be mad about yeah. and the corruption of children. Just it's, go watch Encanto. Go watch the Adam Project. I, I enjoyed that movie this weekend. I, I started it and uh, Layla came in on like the first fight scene this morning. She was waking up and I was starting it this morning and she was like, what are they doing? And like I'm trying to explain <laughs> that the kid is Ryan Reynolds. And she's like, oh, the little kid fight scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. No, no, no. Like the when, when he, uh, God, I don't want to spoil it. When the... When uh, the, when the, the third party shows up, okay, yeah, in and, the woods, and people start uh, getting dissolved with a stick. Yes, yes, that that that's correct. That's the moment. She's like, "What is happening?" And like, I didn't really know what was going to come next, so I let her watch it, and I was like, "Okay, people are people are dissolving here. This is uh this is problematic for my four year old." But yeah, it was a uh, <laughs> lot to explain time travel to a a kid still working on you know understanding what a clock is. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Uh, all right, so. We had some Under Armour campage this weekend. Eddie, Under Armour camp- Josh, well, yeah, both just, there. Just real quick, everything went well in uh, Tulsa on Tulsa. Sunday. I, I know Boys that home. we kind of mentioned it at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic trip. I want to thank Ken and Greg and, and Darnell Whitaker, uh, Isaiah's mentor. Uh, they were so you know gracious. And uh, you know Isaiah, I just let him go up there and run the show, man. And he did a great job talking to the kids. Uh, and uh, you know we were able to give them a check for $1,500 to go along with shirts for all those kids up there and you know I've I've talked about this a couple of times now and I tweeted about it last night um, and I think covering college athletics it is you know and it kind of goes back to get ready for my soapbox here it kind of goes back to Bob Stoops and he would talk about the value of bowl games and I always loved what he said because he talked about how you have kids from you know a parts of the world that have never experienced like going to Miami. They've never experienced staying in a luxury hotel um, because their worlds just weren't that big. And I've always thought about you know, my life in terms of, I think we all have stages we go through. Like, uh, I think like, it's funny. I I joke with my parents about this. Like when I was growing up, like we never went to a restaurant and got like appetizers, but like I would go with my friends and his parents always got appetizers, like multiple appetizers at the table. And I was like, holy shit, what kind of world is this? Like, we're not allowed to even mention appetizers when we go to Chili's. Yeah. Um, but my world was not that big. Like it, you know, there's certain things that you never experience. Sure. And you know, those kids at that home, I mean, they've been think about, I mean, it, it's, it's really interesting because when I'm talking to Ken, uh, I'm talking to Greg just about what they're doing and the kind of kids that are out there. It's like, they're trying to speak about the horrible things that those kids have had to go through without telling you. Uh, and you can, it, it's up to your imagination. Like did their fathers beat them? You know, were they, you know, were their parents drug addicts? Did they, you know, were they kids that were abandoned? Uh, and I think all of that is true at, at some point. And, you know, you talk to those kids and you see them talk to Isaiah. And when I talk about how, how big people's worlds are, their worlds are incredibly small. And the questions in the in the conversations that they're having with Isaiah, they're questions coming from someone that doesn't know what tomorrow holds for them. If they're going to still be at, you know, if they still are going to have a place to live, uh, if if anyone is going to, um, you know, feed them, like does anyone, you know, they're looking for someone to just care about them and. 
you know, just watching those guys and, and seeing Isaiah go out there, kind of opening their eyes to what their worlds could be because their worlds have been so terrible. Uh, that was really what I took out of it yesterday. And, you know, I know their director said, you know, that $1,500 will go to feeding these kids because they, they spend like a quarter of a million dollars a year just feeding all the boys that are out there. And it was really cool because they all came into the gym at the same time. They got to do a Q&A with Isaiah uh, and there was uh, one little OSU fan, and he he asked Isaiah what it felt like to, you know, how to feel like to lose to OSU uh, in his last game, and everybody laughed. And uh, I think Isaiah took a little shot back, saying, "Well, you know, they did lose in the Big Twelve Championship the next week." <laughs> oh no! Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> and then they asked him if you know how tall is he, because you know Isaiah, he's massive. Yeah, he's huge. Uh, and so they said, "Can you dunk?" And and uh, then another kid's like, "Prove it!" Yes. Uh, and so. He dunked like, and it was pretty impressive. Like no warm ups, he just got a ball and just dunked. Dunked it, yeah, just dunked it, and it was impressive. Uh, but you know, it, it, he loves Tulsa, and you know, he grew up without a father, so he really appreciates you know what those kids, where they're coming sure. from, what they're going to. It was just a, it was a great experience. That's cool. And, I- and let me say this, you know. I wanted to make that all about Isaiah, and I know a lot of people at Sooner Scoop contributed to make that happen. I mean, our subscribers made that happen. They they willed it out of thin air because we were just going to get eleven you know hoodies and T-shirts for the kids that Isaiah deals with directly that are Darnell's kids, and the and our subscribers like, well, know how many kids are out there because mm-hmm. we want to get stuff. We want to get a, a, a T-shirt for all of them. Then it became we want to get a hoodie and a T-shirt for all of them. And I can't thank all of you enough that donated. Uh, and we've talked about this before, but what you guys did for those kids uh, on top of just the the fifteen hundred dollar donation, uh, it let them know that people out there do care about them and that even though you know their lives have been awful up to this point that they've had you know people abandon them uh, that they've had people treat them horribly that to know that someone cares enough to give them a, a hoodie and give them a t-shirt it, it it they all lit up so it was fantastic it's awesome it was it was tremendous i enjoyed uh, i wish i you know obviously would have been able to get up there and see everything well and that's but... the thing like you know with scoop what we're building here you know we we would love to be able to do this in the future and have our own film crew that goes out sure. there and, and details sure. every step of the way and even you know traveling out there and that's the goal is uh, to do more and more of this stuff. I would imagine that, uh, you know, when the day comes and uh, Isaiah has more than plenty of money that after his first NFL contract, he'll be given back to uh, the Boys and Girls Club up there as well. So Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, he, he loves reaching out to kids and, and for all the reasons I just mentioned. Sure. So. No, that was cool. All right. Uh, thank you once again to everyone for being a part. It was just fantastic. Uh, Under Armour Camp on Sunday. Uh, Josh, you and Eddie were up there. A lot of, lot of interviews that you brought back. Uh, you seem to be very excited about the talent that was at the camp. Uh, just tell us a little bit about kind of uh, your impressions uh, other than it being windy, which Eddie is uh, still very frustrated <laughs> with. My lips are yeah. like chapped because of it. <laughs> no, I, I'm with Eddie. And the worst part, I think, Eddie, I don't know about for you, but I didn't really realize I'd gotten a little too much sun until I got in the car. And I think it was because the wind was blowing. Oh, yeah, you get wind burn. Yeah, you don't get that sheen on your face like where you're like, oh, okay, I, maybe I'm, I'm a little hot here. But there was just a wind coming the whole time, so you never really felt it. And I, I'm with Eddie. My lips are still chapped. Like, I have not there, – there's not enough chapstick in the world to fix my problem. But um, – yeah, I, I really thought, um, and that's something, you know, when you talk to national guys, whether it's rivals guys, 24-7, whatever, 
Texas kids, they, they just like to play football. Like they like any excuse to be out there doing it. And I, I thought it was a really good turnout from, I mean, not just the, you know, the three and four star guys, but the elite guys that showed up at camp knowing that not only was everybody going to be competing with them, trying to push them, trying to, you know, gain or gain attention for themselves, but also they were going to have to do 37 interviews during the course of that camp because uh, the Under Armour people were saying that, that yesterday set some sort of record for media at an event. There were like 43 media members there yesterday at, at the camp. Like that's how insane wow. it was. And so, you know, rivals had, I think, seven or eight guys there from, you know, Texas, uh, OU, obviously. Nick Harris, our new guy, our new Texas guy was there. So there was uh, rivals as well represented. There should be a lot of content coming out of all this. But, yeah, you know, I mean, you look at it. Javian Toviano, David Hicks, um, some of – I'm trying to – I'm going to blank on the names here. But, I mean, there there were so many top-flight guys. And, I mean, even guys that maybe aren't ranked very high yet but are guys that I I know OU is very serious about, Samaje Burrell, uh, Jaden Chapman, some of those type of guys. And I – like I said, I came away and, you know, Eddie can certainly chime in. But in most cases, I think OU's in very good shape for some of those top-level guys. I think the biggest thing that I took away, Josh, was just kind of the conversations that uh, we had in, in the on-camera interviews that you had with, you know, a David Hicks or a Jordan Renaud. Guys that, you know, I, I think in past years, there was a realistic opportunity or chance for Oklahoma to land those guys. But just the way that they talk about Todd Bates, the way that they talk about Brent Venables, uh, you know, just a – and it's kind of a constant – a stream of positivity on the defensive side of the football, but you walk away from those interviews thinking like they have realistic opportunities to really actually land some of these guys, particularly a Hicks, particularly a Renaud, uh, guys that, you know, I think OU probably in past years would have had opportunities or a chance to get, but you go, yeah, they're probably going to need things to go their way to be able to land them. It seems like there's a, a very real relationship being built between guys, uh, you know, with and particularly on the defensive line between uh, Miguel Chavis, Todd Bates, and Brent Venables. I think there's just some really exciting momentum that Oklahoma is going to continue to build throughout the spring and then obviously into the summer months. Yeah, I mean, and, and we talked with Ashton Cozart about it, just kind of how it seems like in, in one area in particular right now for me is Dallas-Fort Worth, where it just seems like a lot of the top guys are really buying into Oklahoma. And obviously, you know, Oklahoma already has Jackson Arnold, the elite quarterback, Rivals 100 guy committed uh, from Denton Geyer. Uh, you know, and that's kind of the extreme of the Metroplex. But, I mean, you're, you're talking in the, the general area for sure. Um and again, Cozart, who, you know, people sometimes look at our rankings, say, oh, a three-star. Ashton Cozart's almost a unanimous top 100 guy anywhere else you go. And I thought he was he was very good yesterday, the one Oklahoma commitment that was on hand. Wide receiver uh, MVP. Really, yeah, yeah, really long guy. Still trying, you know, it was funny because I mentioned it on the board that he apparently ran a really good 40. So after Eddie and I interview him, I kind of remember, oh, yeah, I wanted to see what you ran. And he was like, oh, they didn't tell me. I, I, I don't know what it was. He goes, I guess it must have been pretty good because uh, Craig Hobart, one, one of the ESPN guys that was kind of involved in running the camp, you know, said something like, you know, almost burned the building down. He ran so well, you know, that kind of thing. And you're like, well, okay, that must have been really something because I don't remember him saying anything else like that about any of the guys in any position group. 
So he he must have put up a good number, um, which is impressive because I think of him more as a really smooth kind of um, just one of those guys that never looks out of control. He's got good, good, I mean, I hate to repeat myself, but good body control, very natural in the air. Uh, Eddie put it up on the board, had a beautiful one-handed catch yesterday. Uh, but just absolutely is a guy that I like a lot and think has um, uh, a lot of potential to really be a, a difference maker type of player. So, you know, and, and, you know, you talk to him about Peyton Bowen and obviously we've already mentioned David Hicks and you start running on the list of some of the guys in the Dallas area that OU is very serious about. And it, it sounds like they're making very positive moves. <laughs> I guess the one bad thing that we would probably walk away, Josh, in saying, uh, or maybe the negative aspect of uh, the interviews that we had yesterday was, uh, unfortunately, with JV and Toviano. I, I think that it seems like just kind of walking away from that interview, it seems like, um, you know, oh, you have some ground to make up. I think that that's probably the best way to say it, just as far as rebuilding a relationship, because he had such a strong relationship with the guys that were here in the previous staff. Yeah, you know, and it was surprising because when I saw JVN last fall, um, he really was excited about Oklahoma. You could tell he was really amped up for what was to come and what could be, you know, like he he was very much into that situation to a point that it surprised me, kind of like what we're talking about now with this staff. You know, like it's quickly, when I talk to defensive recruits, it's almost becoming like, Oh, you offered you. Okay. All right. You've already set up your, okay, cool. Like it, it happens that fast for these defensive guys. JV and Toviano right now is the one exception to that rule that it doesn't seem like it just turned in Oklahoma's direction. It was kind of already there. And, you know, he's talking about going out to USC and visiting, uh, you know, obviously much of the former OU staff that's out there. So like the, the, it's, it's kind of interesting to watch that because beyond um, OU having a new staff, Jay Valai is a guy that is from his area, was recruiting him at Alabama, and a guy that Toviano has a good relationship with. I mean, he, he was very, I thought, sincere talking to Eddie and I yesterday about how much he likes Coach Valai and how, you know, they, they really do have a good relationship. So it feels, I, I, I can't quite put my finger on what it is, like where things have gone amiss. But it just feels like it's a little off right now. Now, talking to him, I didn't get the impression that, oh, you couldn't get back in the race. Not I, at I, mean, all. I, I think one of the, the questions I asked him was, you know, it seems in you talking, you know, that, oh, you is a little bit behind. How far are they behind? Is that something that could be overcome? And I, I thought he, you know, he was like, yeah, that, that's that's completely possible. So it was just interesting to kind of hear that uh, from him and watch that play out a little bit. But I, again, he's the one guy. I mean, you know, we had a guy, Zeno Umiazulu, one of the top 50 guys in the class of 2024, the younger brother of Neto that Oklahoma recruited last year and eventually signed with Texas. He said his two standouts are Oklahoma and Texas A&M right now with, with his brother at Texas. Now, could that be, you know, uh, some kind of, um, you know, people throwing people off the scent, doesn't want it to be so obvious about Texas? Sure. We've seen those kind of things before. That does happen. But I, he see, I mean, when, talking to him, he seemed very sincere. You know, it seemed like a like he was a kid that really liked what you was telling him like Miguel Chavis kind of talk. I mean, he, it's funny talking to these recruits, these things that Miguel Chavis are getting into the coaching secrets, all that stuff that resonates with these guys. It's, it's, 
I mean, <laughs> to make a comparison to Sooner Scoop stuff, it's not unlike Eddie. Like, you're making those guys laugh. They notice it. It's funny to them. Like, they get into it. So, I, I like I said, I, I was very impressed with the reception that Oklahoma was getting yesterday. Uh, but, I mean, you know, you, you've got to close these guys. It's great to sure. be in a good position right now with David Hicks and Jordan Renault. <laughs> But you, you've got to win. I mean, that, that's just the bottom line. I did think that it was kind of interesting, Josh, that, you know, especially with all these DFW guys, and I think it would probably make sense when the hire was made, but Jay Valai is very active with all of the DFW guys. It's not just uh, defensive backs, it seems like. It, it seems like he's talking to just about everybody from that area. Well, you can tell. So what my understanding was when he went to Alabama, his role was really to take, to keep Texas involved, uh, excuse me, to keep Alabama, Alabama involved in Texas to the same level they had been with Jeff Banks when he left to go from Alabama to you know, the University of Texas. So I think that is, that was his role. So like Jordan Renaud mentioned, um, Valai is one of the guys, he has a really good relationship and, you know, and Renaud's a defensive lineman from East Texas. So I, I think Jay has a very good baseline because obviously at Alabama, he's recruiting a lot of the same guys that OU is going to be focusing on. So he knows those guys already. There's a connection there. And, you know, you, you just got to watch kind of where that will go. But, I mean, he he gives OU a leg up with any kid that maybe they didn't know yet or didn't have a relationship with. Almost certainly he was recruiting them at Alabama uh, if they were one of those high-end defensive guys because that's what he did for Alabama. He was there, you know, go, go land a top 20 guy in the state of Texas. That's what your job is. That's your mandate. Go do it. And that's what he was working to do at Alabama. And now – he steps into Oklahoma, is surrounded by guys with a good, you know, Dallas connection. And that's that's something I hear over and over, not just not even really from recruits because they don't think about that stuff. But when I talk to high school coaches, they're like, I don't know how this staff wouldn't recruit really well in Dallas because they know everybody. Like they they know if I'm recruiting this kid from DeSoto or Duncanville or wherever it is, they know the guy to call to get the wheels turning. Josh, uh, could Braden Willis do anything with Toviano, or is it just too big of a year difference The where they don't really have a connection? No, I, I, I think when I, like I said, and, and I, we didn't really get into the Braden connection last time because we talked about it so much on my last interview with him or my, you know, last time I saw him in person. And he was so you know, just so open about how close he is to Braden and, you know, and Braden is very close with his older brother. And so Javian really just kind of grew up around Braden. Like they really do have a good relationship. I don't think the fact that they'll never play together. I don't think that has any role. And what I do think helps Oklahoma a ton is that Braden Willis has come back. I mean, obviously we didn't know that at the time I spoke with Javian, but you know, if, if they can get him to come for an official visit, there's no question who his host is going to be like the, the, that's, that's a, easy home run of a choice and you know those two get along there there really is a bond there and and Braden can tell him you know like okay this is what it was under Lincoln this is what it is under Brent and you know JVN can weigh that out however he wants to but uh, like I said I think that is um I don't think they're out of it I think JVN is a very smart kid He's not going to rush into anything. He's in no hurry to make a choice. If Oklahoma can rebuild, um, you know, the momentum they had, and I think some of it, guys, is just 
they haven't gotten him to campus. Like he, yeah. you know, the, the, he's had, cause we talked, I talked to him, so what do you got coming up? And he had like five visits already scheduled between now and June 1st. And he's, so he's got a lot going on and obviously spring football at Martin. So there, there's a heavy schedule in front of him. But if Oklahoma can get him back on campus, he, he usually tends to love the visits he takes. Like right now, he's very high on LSU, coming right off the heels of his LSU visit and already talking about going back. He did the same thing when he visited Oklahoma. So I think you just have to find a way to get him back to campus, roll out the red carpet, really put everything in front of him. And I think Oklahoma can get back in the race. But again, that's there's a lot of ifs there. And it should be noted. I mean, the, the kid shows up with an OU hat on his back. I don't think that that means he's necessarily coming to Oklahoma, but it also doesn't not mean nothing, right? <laughs> well, what it means is the kid owns two different OU hats because he was seen Saturday by one of our members. Uh, Under Armour on Saturdays at these camps does their middle school camps, and then the following day does their high school camps. So he was out, you know, because this was on, for those that don't know, this is Arlington Martin where JVM plays. He was out there Saturday coaching the kids and working with some of the local kids and that kind of stuff. And he was walking around in an OU beanie. Like, I mean, like just for anybody to see. And one of our members saw him and kind of asked him about it. He's like, oh, yeah. And, you know, very much got the impression Javian really liked Oklahoma. Now, you know, he knows he's talking to an OU fan. He, he, I, I don't want to. You know, say, oh, well, that that means everything. Sure. But the kid has two OU hats. Like, I don't think he probably has. I don't. I wonder how many schools he could say that of. So I, I think it's a sign that at least at one point he was very interested. I don't see any reason why guys like Brent Venables, Jay Valai, Todd Bates. I mean, you go down the list. I don't see any reason to believe those guys couldn't get Oklahoma back in the race. You know, if he was walking around with an unofficial 40 hat, then that would say something. I gave him one. I gave him one. (laughs) That would have been awesome, actually. Uh, And it also probably would have been like, man, this fearful. I don't know if you should be listening. This comes with a uh, X-rated... like parental advisory type thing. My friends, it's come time for me to tell you about Dead Soxy again because they've got the Norman Retro Casual Socks out right now, $18. That's to go along with the other Oklahoma collection. You can get the Norman Mix 4-Pack Bundle for $64.95 right now. I get you the new Retro Sock, the Maker Bayfield, the Wagon, uh, the best socks that uh, you're going to put on your feet this year, and they'll get you game day ready. So get the State and Stripes Crimson, uh, as I said, the Wagon, the state text that uh, says Oklahoma over and over on it. Look, you just got to try these socks. DeadSoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. We tell them, tell you guys about them all the time. We wear them all the time. The entire staff uh, loves these socks, and we've got better weather coming up. You got the no-shows out there if you want to grab yourself some of those, but uh, I know what you're here for. You're here for the Oklahoma Dead Soxy socks, and now the Norman Retro Casual sock uh, is right along with them. So something new, check it out, Dead Soxy. Soxy.com, use that promo code BOOMER, and you'll get 25% off your total order. And uh, I tell you what, the Crimson uh, Boomer, the Boomer Crimson 8-pack still there. Get all the socks for $124.95, uh, or go for the Norman Mix 4-pack bundle to get that new retro sock for $64.95 and the Maker Bayfield. So go check them out, deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Use that promo code BOOMER, get four, get 25% off, and as always, stay Soxy. It, it, the, uh, one of the guys, two two other names that we talked to yesterday, Josh, that you know I think we probably need to talk about here on the pod, Peyton Bowen and Trey Wisner. I think that 
I came away thinking there was some good positive momentum on both. And I think that like, we'll start with Bowen because I think people watched the interview that we put up yesterday and uh, it's up on the uh, the Crimson Corner. I, I think that people kind of misinterpreted it a little bit. I don't know. I, I, I think that the people that thought that like they watched it and then that Oklahoma has no chance, I adamantly disagree with. It, it is very interesting. Um kind of basing on who you talk to because for the last few weeks when you talk to people that are well connected at Geyer it's like Oklahoma's making a move here like something's happening now I think people, when momentum starts to shift, people like, oh, well, he's going to flip. And then if he doesn't flip, well, oh, that that must not have been real. That's not always the way that works. Like, he he sounds like a kid that is certainly going to take some more visits, going to look around. It wouldn't shock me if he doesn't come to his final decision until the Under Armour All-American game. Like, I I don't think he's in any hurry. I, Eddie, you know, you've done a lot of these interviews with me. For a kid that was committed to one school and is looking at multiple others, I thought he was incredibly relaxed yesterday. Like a lot of those kids get real tense about those conversations. He did he didn't have a care in the world. Like he, yeah. he was very easygoing about it. Did probably 10, 12 interviews yesterday with various people wanting to talk to him. But I will say I walked out of that feeling like, okay, Notre Dame is still here more than I thought they were. Like I kind of thought, you know, AM was kind of a um uh a, a faltering situation. Like I was like, that commitment's just not going to last. That's going to fail. I don't feel that way right now. Um, talking to other people that spoke with him, some having, you know, either they were helping out a, a Notre Dame site in their network or their national guys that have no real affiliation to any team side or whatever. The two schools I kept hearing were actually OU and Ohio State. When they would talk to Peyton Bowen, they kind of walked away feeling like, I feel like it might be Ohio State and Oklahoma that are really kind of emerging here. But when I talked to him, it felt like Notre Dame. Like I was like, if I took this just at face value, I would feel like Notre Dame is his most likely choice. But again, I I don't know. It's kind of one of those things. Like, is he just, this is like inside the interview, but it's like, he knows he's talking to an Oklahoma site almost doesn't want to tip his hand or is that me just thinking that in the back of my mind knowing that Jackson Arnold's in his back pocket like he's being pushed to Oklahoma and Eddie that's where I really come out I I think he's a guy that knows you know obviously I've had conversations with Jackson Arnold and I joked with him during the interview about you know how hard Jackson pushing him and that kind of stuff so I I do I, I think there is more and more with these kids and you know we talked about it yesterday how many great interviews there were among the guys we talked to there there were people are going to love the Jordan Renaud interview he he was so easy to talk to like I told Eddie after we were done I was like I just needed to talk less and hand him the microphone like he was he was outstanding to talk to um and so with Peyton, I, I, I can't help but feel there was a little gamesmanship in there because what he sounded like to me was so different than everything else I heard from others that spoke with him. So, you know, again, we're guessing. We don't sure. know. But that's, that's my vibe based on – because his interview with me is such an outlier from not only other interviews yesterday but other things I've been hearing for weeks. And – 
We'll see. I, 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 like I said, I don't think it's a set destination for him. I think there are a lot of possibilities. Something but, that. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say something that we're not guessing about is Trey's, maybe even more so, not even just Trey, but the Wisner family love for DeMarco Murray in Oklahoma. Uh, you are right. Um, I, while we did the video interview with Trey, and I, again, I, it was. It was one of the my favorite answers I got all day was him talking about how much he likes DeMarco Murray. And I kind of said, hey, you know, Trey, is this about, you know, oh, DeMarco Murray, the former, you know, uh, offensive player of the year and this great Cowboys running back and all the stuff he did at Oklahoma as well? Or is it, you know, is it a different thing than that? I mean, what, what is it that makes DeMarco Murray so appealing to you as a coach? And he was very clear, like he didn't care at all about, you know, DeMarco Murray, the, the great player. He talked about, you know, the kind of father that DeMarco Murray is, the kind of coach he is, the kind of person he is, like, kind of like, I want to be like him. I want to emulate him. And um, after we were done, I walked over and talked to his mother, uh, you know, and uh, it was, well, there was a few things that might end up in woke in, in that conversation. Um, he was, or she is, it's not a Twitter thing. She really likes Oklahoma. There, there's no doubt about it. Um, if he makes it to Norman, Oklahoma, I will guarantee she will be with him, is the way I would say that. So, um, as far as any visits or anything else, she very much liked what she saw um, and has seen from Oklahoma. So, uh, like I said, uh, tease and woke on Wednesday just a little bit, but yeah, there is there's a lot of good vibes there. I, I think um, you wouldn't be crazy to put in a forecast for for Trey in Oklahoma at this moment. Overall, it was a really good camp, though. I mean, there was uh, a lot of top end talent that you know there were some guys that obviously I, I would have loved to have seen Jackson Arnold, uh, but you know maybe he'll be at the Elite Eleven here in a, coming up in a couple weeks in the DFW area. Uh, outside of that, though, you know plenty of interviews and uh, highlights and all that kind of stuff to come. And you know like Ashton Kozar, we you know probably didn't spend a whole lot of time on him. That was the first time that I was able to see him. Uh, big body, it's kind of like I told you, Josh, I think that he's somebody that would absolutely be able to uh, carry more weight when he does uh, get bigger. Uh, but, you know, I, I he's just one of those guys, like, I. there's only so much, like, he seems like one of those guys that would excel in that type of setting. Uh, I, and I, I don't want this to, like, sound bad, but I want to see it on Friday nights. I want to see it on Saturdays. Can he do it when he puts pads on? Yeah, he. What's interesting, Eddie, is because he's. I mean, what would you say? He's probably about six foot one, six two, maybe. Like, I don't. He's not the six foot four. Like, sure. He's not the giant guy, but his frame is pretty big. Like, he's one of those guys. You're like, he could care. You know, he could get north of two hundred. I, I, I think without a lot of problems. Like, he, he big shouldered. Like, he, he's a big frame kind of guy. Real long legged, long arms. Um, but like I said, so smooth and. You know, you hate the connotation it connects, but you brought it up yesterday, and you're not wrong, Eddie. There, there's some Trajan Bridges in his game. Um, that same sort of, like I said, kind of surprises you with the way he's put together and the way his game is, because he his change of direction is very quick. He's very explosive. Like you wouldn't think of it because like he's kind of long levered, and uh, there there are things that would make you think, oh, he's a guy that's got to get up to speed, but. You'd watch him separate with quickness. I mean, he, he really, there's a lot to like there. Again, I mentioned the, the hands on the one catch, and I thought he, he showed off good hands 
almost throughout the camp, really caught everything thrown in his direction. So um, maybe one of the things I like the most, and this is, you know, Kerry, going to have to bring back the classic uh, old man Josh, but he got in trouble on one drill for not finishing. He caught a ball, beat the defensive back, and it was like a it was like a comeback route. It was like a little little nothing. And he starts to just kind of run back to the line of scrimmage and give the you know ball to the next quarterback. And you know, here's a coach, and like I'm watching on or I'm just watching on my camera because I'm taking shots. And I see him, he's like, What? And it, oh, so he turns around and he sprints back down to the end zone. Well, afterward, he's talking, and I didn't even bring it up in particular. And I just kind of was asking how his day went. And he mentioned that. Like, I, I didn't do that like I was supposed to. And it, it, that seemed to bother him. And you're like, that that's at least a guy that gets it. You know, like, he understood. I messed up. He didn't act pouty about it or mad about it. Like, okay, that's what I was supposed to do. Coach just told me to. I didn't go do it. So I, I liked that response. And I know that's a little thing, but it, that's the kind of stuff where, you know, Venables talks about. You know, recruiting your own problems. Well, go the other way and recruit guys that are going to make your team better because they get the details matter. And it very much seems like like him and, you know, Jackson Arnold and, and guys in that 2023 class, they're going to be very active as far as, and I think everybody knows how good DFW is in 2023 and 2024. Like they are going to be active. And, and he told you as much, Josh, that he wants to be a recruiter in this class. It's not, he's not one of those guys that seems like he's a quiet guy. No, you know, because I, I asked him about, you know what his um what it was like with coach gundy and he kind of pivoted within the answer into well yeah it's great with coach gundy i've got a good relationship but i'm the recruiter now you know like he kind of went like you know he doesn't have to do that anymore i'm worried about who i'm gonna bring with me and you know mention mention peyton bowen and you know uh mention uh i know mikhail harrison pilot is a guy that has mentioned him before as well so there is um there's a lot of overlap uh, with some of these Texas guys. And I think, you know, and we, we've talked before about how OU has maybe changed their areas of emphasis a little bit in recruiting. I mean, we've all talked about the Southeast thing. We've beaten it to death. But Dallas has become a big deal. And along with, like, Kansas City, Missouri, St. Louis, kind of that whole, what is it, I guess, I-70? Is that I-70 that connects all of that? That kind of connection there. Um they've made that a big point of emphasis and when you do that you get these guys oh you want to go on this visit with me or you want you know let's talk about OU you know you kind of those guys do some of the work for you because those relationships already exist I think we have exhausted the Under Armour the Arlington Under camp. The Under Armour's checked off. That's about it. I, I mean, it, it, it really was a good camp. It was good to get, like, finally back into some type of normalcy yeah, camps, yeah. too. Just being able to get out there, get video, be able to, you know, get around and do stuff. So what 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 is coming up, like, campus-wise? I mean, you've got spring game coming up. Um, do you get a sense of a, a brewing visit weekend, or uh, is it just going to be a steady flood of guys in and out? This week and, you know, over the next couple weeks with guys having varying spring break schedules, you're going to see some, you know, midweek guys. Obviously, Troy Bowles. Uh, Troy Bowles came in last week, and I'm told that went well. Uh, big linebacker from Florida that is the son of Tampa Bay's defensive coordinator, Todd Bowles. So, um, really, you know, and, and a guy that you would think because of that connection, a guy like Brent Venables is really going to resonate with him. Um, so, I, like I said, I – Ohio State's kind of perceived as the favorite for him right now. But as far as the next big one, it'll be March 26th. That, that's starting to build 
um, like another really good. It, it looks like there's going to be some big time 2023 guys like Bryson Sanders, the big offensive lineman they offered not long ago. He'll be their kid from Tennessee. Um, but there's also going to be a pretty heavy 2024 feel from what I'm gathering, uh, including, you know, a, a couple of in-state guys and Ryan Grayson from Beggs, uh, Dax Collins from Poto. So you are getting, um, you know, OU is starting to not only build momentum in 23, but starting to get a clearer picture of what 24 is going to look like. Now that the dust has kind of settled and the staff can kind of all come together and say, these are the guys we like, these are the guys we're going to, you know, they're going to be playing B. They can kind of formulate a real a roadmap for what they want to do in both of these classes, and they can start to react to what what's going to happen because the last few weeks have been very quiet as far as commitments go nationally. All that that's going to change. I mean, that, that I would say over the next three weeks you'll see a spike where guys start hitting campuses and start hitting the road and start making some choices. Speaking of uh, 2024, one and coming in and out, David Stone will be one of those guys. I had a chance to talk with him uh, over the weekend, and he visited OU Friday. He's in town because IMG is having its spring break, and Stone's ranked number 10 overall by rivals for the 2024 class. And uh, he met with Ted Roof and Todd Todd Bates on, on Friday, really enjoyed that. And now he's staying the entire week. Week. He thinks he'll head to Stillwater one one of these days during the middle of the week, and then he'll head back to OU when Brent Venables returns for the weekend. So you're here for a week, and you see OU twice. You got to feel good about that. I'll have a full write-up on what Stone told me uh, here later in the week. Not to mention, it. I mean, it, Josh, I know that we kind of talked about it yesterday down in uh, Dallas, but OU and IMG, that might become a thing here over the next couple years. It really really could be um one of the guys that is coming in this week I, you know i mentioned guys in spring break that are going to come in uh ing cornerback uh, jordan johnson rubel um is a uh guy that was is from the dallas area and ended up at img and i had a chance to speak with him we'll have a, a story out of that um here hopefully in the next day or so and he is just a um another one of these top flight img guys in that 2024 class that is going to come in already has you know again you add him to david stone who bob already spoke about and then you throw in stacy gage another former oklahoma product that is now at um uh at, at img oklahoma could do something we've just never seen them do at a place like img and that's go land you know multiple multiple uh high-end players so we'll we'll see i mean you know this is OU fans will hope it will turn out a little better than the only other time it happened with TJ Pleasure and Buki, but um, there is still... Is that like the new alternate jerseys? Like, can't go to IMG. (laughs) Mike, can't can't go to IMG because those guys weren't any good. No, it's, you know, one of those things where people always get into that, like, oh, those IMG guys. No, no, there's a lot of them around college football that are really good. What is interesting is, uh, you know, and I, I had to go look up where we got Jordan Johnson Rebel rated. He's the number 16 overall player in the class. I mean, he, he is the number six player in Florida, which, you know, you throw that in. One of the guys he's behind is David Stone. Another is Stacey Gage. So you're talking about three at this point of the top 15 players in the country that have a real connection to Oklahoma, have plans to take visits this spring, and obviously are teammates with another 30 guys who are going to sign major Division I uh, 
letters of intent when their time comes. So it's it's nothing but good for Oklahoma that they are that they kind of have fallen into a little bit of good luck at a place like IMG right now. What did you think of uh, being able to see Dylan Edwards? I know they stopped at a seven seven on seven tournament on the way up to uh, Dallas on Saturday. Uh, he it is it, it one of those things where it was funny because I watched this little guy go by and he's wearing number seven and I'm like that kind of, I I, I want to be clear I didn't know Dylan Edwards was going to be at this I was going to see the Sooner Seven team uh, with like Micah Tease and Steel Wassel and some of those guys uh, they were up in North Houston and it was Saturday evening I was like well I'll just hit that on my way out of Houston uh, to go to Under Armour on Sunday so I just stopped by for you know a few hours and all of a sudden. It just so happened that Dylan Edwards goes running by me, and I I just I knew what the kid looked like, and I saw him. And even if I wouldn't have, the basically all they did with him was run these little crossing, little shallow crosses with him in front of the the linebacker in seven on seven. And about the time you hit full speed, you throw it to him and just watch him outrun people on the edge. I mean, this is this is a a sport where you really only have to get a hand on somebody. And people were struggling. Dylan Edwards is explosively fast. I mean, just uh, one of those guys when you're out there watching all these good athletes. I mean, you know, Micah Tease was out there, uh, Jalen Stanford from Jinx. And you're watching all these really good athletes. And you're like, that guy runs different than everybody else out here. You, you knew he was he was pretty special. So um, definitely undersized. I mean, th- th- there is no question. I, you don't see him as a 25 carry, pounded up the middle kind of guy. That's not going to be his game. But in a lot of the ways that OU had planned to use, you know, uh, let, let's be honest, uh, a guy like Raleigh Brown, that's that's a lot of the same stuff you're going to do with Dylan Edwards. Now, he's not as big and developed as Relique was, but he is, you know, has that same sort of twitchy explosion. So I, I liked a lot of what I saw. He's clearly a, a skilled pass catcher. He's worked a lot in seven on seven. He knows how to do all that. There's plenty to like there. Like I said, you, you can see what it is that attracted Oklahoma, and that's just a chance to be a difference maker with his speed. Any uh, any concern that he didn't show up for the March fifth Junior Day when when he that's, said he would? That's not the vibe I got because I can tell you he was joking around with me when I first noticed him. I I turned my camera on and tried taking pictures and he starts joking like no pictures, no pictures. Well, as he's waving at me with his hand, he's got OU gloves on. So like I, I don't think there's any any big concern. I like I said at the time, I think there is a numbers game having to be decided on and. You know, kind of, you know, what what is Trey, um, Trey what is Trey Wisner going to do? And I, I did. It's not Wisner, it's Wisner. I've been saying it wrong. Apology to Trey, his mama, the whole family. So, um, but just talking to some people, it just feels like those guys are kind of similar. Trey is a bigger guy. I wouldn't say they're carbon copies by any stretch, but their roles would be fairly similar. And does Oklahoma want to have a couple of guys like that? Or, you know, how do they see that playing out? Because last year, obviously, they landed two, you know, more guys that are kind of every down type backs with Sawchuck and Barnes. So maybe they can, you know, argue that, okay, Edwards and Wiz, you know, Wisner are both going to be our change of pace and they can go that way at it. But I, I think that decision's being made. I think they're not trying to rush into, you know, it's something we've seen OU do in recent years where they say, oh, no, we don't want that guy. We're going to focus on this guy and then run the risk of losing that guy. So I, I think they're just kind of playing it in the middle for right now. 
All right. Um, I want to hit a couple things that we we missed being able to talk about last week. And Bob, we'll start with you because you were at the uh, Regents meeting uh, when the uh, the new salaries were released. Uh, I, you know, the stuff that's interesting. I think to a lot of people, you know, how much the the soul guys are getting paid. Pretty good gig if you can get it. <laughs> uh, and then you know the Todd Bates situation that's you know, with all his contract. Yes. Uh, and then just just generally overall, you know, you get you get the f- official announcement of Brent Venable's contract. Uh, in, in some of the new coaches. Yeah, and you had Joe Castiglione very open and saying that we were going to expand the support staff anyway. This isn't a reactionary. I think that's what he's trying to keep telling. This wasn't a reactionary move to what Lincoln, you know, leaving. It's like, oh, we got to support, you know, Brent Venables with more guys. No, this was going to be the plan, according to Joe, going into the offseason season. Anyway, if Lincoln was still there, that was still going to be so the Lincoln's plan. Lincoln's still an asshole. <laughs> yeah, to try to get it ready for the SEC, and that's—I mean—that's what we all know about. We asked Joe Harris and Josie anything new, new there? Nothing. They're still talking about 2025, and Josie started talking. Now you start adding in BYU in 2023, and then 2024 with Houston and Cincinnati, UCF. So now schedules are starting to become a real headache for everyone. They have no idea how they're going to do football. Obviously, you can't do a round robin in basketball now either. So I know no idea how that's going to shake out. But going back to the contract, yeah, the the Todd Bates one, and obviously Miguel Chavis stands out at six hundred thousand per year for first year position coach. But we we knew about that in January, so I wasn't as you know blown away by that one. But Todd, Todd Bates being so low initially, someone mentioned there might have been a buyout involved. I could see that. I could see if you had to pay out the the buyout to bring Todd there because he jumps up more than 200000 in the second year of his three-year deal. And that's just not something you ever see with an OU contract. But you see the defensive staff, Jay Valai, Bates, Chavis, they are absolutely willing to fork over the dough to make this happen. $600,000. I know. By the way, That's they insane. Don't, we're not asking them to care. Like I, I, if you hear that <laughs> hammering in the background, it's just just putting an office together. Yeah, no, no big, big deal. No big deal. No big. Six hundred thousand dollars. I do wonder, like, what the that structure of uh, Todd Bates' salary, why it's like that. I, I I know that we don't have any answers right now. I don't. It is weird. Like I don't know anything you're about throwing contracts. Hundred thousand dollars at Caleb Kelly, who's you know. I don't know well, what, we, you know, it's like... It, it, it was Ryan Young and Curtis Lofton. For Kay, uh, Kelly and Josh Norman were not on that list. I'm not okay. I'm not sure what that means for them going, you know, moving forward. Moving forward, yeah. But as for last week, they were not on the okay. scheduled list. Well, uh, yeah, I, I can't make heads or tails of it. I don't know why they would do that or... Like, why the, the incentive to, uh, like, th- is it a situation of, okay, you're going to take more responsibility after, you know, year one within the defense for Todd Bates? I, I, it's so weird. I just don't know how contracts work like that. When, when someone mentioned buyout, that stood up because Clemson was going to offer, seven what, 750K is what Todd was going to make with Clemson. Reportedly, yeah. Yeah. So if you say you had to pay out like 300000 or something, then you're paying them 440 or you had to pay out to 200000 and then you're taking that buyout oh, money. Oh, you're having to pay Clemson the buyout over there. Maybe. I see what you're saying. Yeah, Maybe. I see what you're saying. Yes. That could make sense. And then, that could definitely be a possibility. And so that would have worked into sure. his contract, but now, so then it jumps up because then there's no buyout for the second year. 
clearly. But it is, I mean, you wrote about it, but I mean, just the, the cost of doing business that OU, I mean, I think fans have to be ecstatic when they see that, that like, okay, now OU is in the game. They understand how it's played. They're willing to throw a bunch of money around. Like, it's so good to see for most people. It is. And I don't know if it's gotten enough attention, really. It is. And then they were confused about DeMarco Murray. And I, I, I don't remember who brought it up. It was a great point based on salaries of a running backs coach versus a defensive line coach. And that made a great point as to why DeMarco's only at 400 and Miguel's at 600. And Murray got the biggest raise. Rest of the re- retaining coaches only got a $10,000 raise. DeMarco got a $50,000 raise. So it's not like he wasn't rewarded, but that only puts him at 400 compared you know, to all those defensive guys that are making a lot more than that besides Brandon Hall, who now is at 300, even though he's got a lot of experience to fall back on. So that, that But was he was a, in places like Troy. Exactly. And, yeah, I mean, not, exactly. not Blue Bloods or anything. I mean, DeMarco can just sell up a Tech Philippe or something. He'll be all right. He's probably got some AP sitting around. And now, yes, <laughs> they're all through 2024. That's a, a another thing that was established. None, none, you know, none of them will be up in 2023. They're all through 2024. And just kind of wrap it all into you know some of the stuff that happened the day or the the same day during the pro day was just the fact. And you wrote about it this as well, Bob. Just how much and you know Isaiah talked about it. Perry on Winfrey talked about it. Like the 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 staff made a pretty instant yeah. uh, impression. first impression yeah. on you know the the returning pro day participants. It, I think. It's what you had to write about because it was it almost sounds so ridiculous pro day being that close to the combine because I'm sure those guys were exhausted training for to combine so I didn't have nothing left to give on pro day and a lot of them didn't do much so, so get them to, to hear what they think about Venables and direction of the program and the quotables that those guys gave out really really appreciate it they, it's like they knew exactly what, what we were looking for but twin Isaiah Perion Jeremiah I mean, Marquise Hayes talking about Schmitty I mean th- there was some really good stuff there yeah that was I I, I particularly would have Love to have seen Perry L. Winfrey like go off on Alex Grinch, but I could also see that in a situation of don't stand up there and say anything stupid. Yeah. Like no. just keep your body and nose clean throughout the next couple months he as gets, much as possible. Especially when you haven't worked out. I right, mean, right. Like, you the, ran 140 and that's all he's been able to do. And then um, he got hurt. Yeah. I don't even, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's doing rehab, if he's planning on having personal workouts. He said he'd work it out with his agents, but I haven't heard anything suggesting that, you know, he's working hard towards personal workouts and things. Uh I, you know, there was nothing to it, really like come out of like that was the biggest story. I, from pro day, wasn't it? I mean, you know, LeBron Stokes is the only guy that had a chance to go out there and do anything that yeah. no one yep. had seen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and everybody rallied around him, said how good they thought that he had a, a, of a day. Uh, Jeremiah Hall ran faster than he did at the combine, which he wanted to do. Uh, you know, some guys did some shuttle drills. Some guys reran their forty. A lot of guys lifted uh, because they yep. didn't do that at the combine. Uh, but. I mean, it was all about positional. I mean, all the guys that were healthy went through their positional grills, drills, uh, and it was interesting seeing J.P. Lossman out there throwing the football, too. <laughs> he can still sling it a little uh, bit. He can, dude. I kind of forgot that he was. he's over here as yeah, a uh, I, I analyst too, until, yeah. until I saw him again. And it's like, it was still one of those things like, okay, who is this? Yeah. J.P. Lossman. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, and it was like, 
but he looks like he's 40. Like, I mean, he's... Yes, he looks like, like he's his age He's now. in great shape. <laughs> yeah. And he, but he looks like an older guy. And, oh, my God, he can sling the football. Look at that throw to Mike Woods. And he was at Clemson, right? He was at Clemson with some of those guys. Mm-hmm. And then he came over in the, yep. in the big move. I was hoping maybe Dylan would be the quarterback, but... Yeah, I was JP. too. Because, you know, you can, you can do that. But We had Charleston Rambo, of course, with yeah. Kyler. So, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. It's new yeah. rules now. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah, that was crazy. No, it, it, it was, you know... It's kind of like the it's the same thing, and it's going to be firing up here, and uh, you know we'll probably reconvene at the end of the week and do kind of a spring football previewish yeah we're, type yep. pod. But we promise you two pods after not doing one last week, so we've got this one, and then Thursday we're going to have another pod. So. Everybody is out on spring break, but it's you know just continued positivity from the new coaching side of things. But the great the news is when they things. get back, we got spring football. Yeah, spring football starts next week. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about that, and then you know obviously with the April twenty third uh, spring game coming up. Uh, it's kind of right around the corner. I mean, less than a month away, so it should be good. I, there is you know, no I, concert. They... I did ask Joe. Oh, C. really? I, I, I go. Are Are you done with concerts? Like for this year, there was no concert, but I'm not closing the book on it. Yeah, he said something like, "Didn't he say like I forgot how he worded it?" But he's like, "We're not going to put up with bullshit like that now that that <laughs> pussy Lincoln Riley's out of here." I forgot how he said that. Yeah. I don't think it was verbatim, but paraphrasing that one. Yeah, I think so. He's like whatever will make the experience more enjoyable. They're opening toward listening about, but the oh, I think it's going to be was not something. I think it's going to be a great turnout. Like I still think it's going to be as close to a quote unquote sellout as you can get. Well, I mean, they and that's still what get Brent... fifty something thousand, but still. I mean, that's what Brent's going to be pushing all through spring practice. So every time yep, he talks sure. to the media, he's going to be demanding that people sell out the stadium. No doubt. Which isn't a bad idea. I mean, no. well, and I think that why wouldn't people come? If it's nights out to see Dylan and Gabriel Baker for the first get his time, statue. the Baker stuff, like, there's still going to be a lot of uh, draws that you don't like. You could, I, I think they, it would be a sellout regularly. But now with all the added kind of questions that are going into the spring, it's certainly going to be kind of an exciting weekend in Norman. And being later, maybe the weather will be nicer. Because it, it yeah. feels it, it's at least one week. Oh, it's usually it, it, it's it usually one week. Two two weeks even later. It's Sometimes usually it's, one week difference. Yeah. How are you going to handle this? You're going to be able to watch the Masters. Like, uh, like well, it's going to be it's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> That's like your biggest gripe about the spring. Yeah, every year. I, I have no gripes. It is uh, that night, the Saturday night of uh, the Masters that weekend. It's going to be kind of interesting. I'm emceeing a Heritage Hall their big fundraiser at Oklahoma City Golf Country Club. So we'll see. I'm going to raise like, you know, $100,000 probably. Humble brag. Yeah, that's about it. I support the private schools. Josh, are you still with us or do you? Uh, no, I'm you... still here. Oh, okay, there he is. Josh, yeah, okay. this will be something I'll probably ask Brent, but do you have an idea? Do you think he's going to go all in with a spring game recruiting weekend? That is the impression I have because there are several guys who have talked about coming in for the spring game or spring practices, stuff like that. Like, I think that, and that is something that was done at Clemson. That was one of their big visit weekends, which usually a what uh, was the spring game. That was one of their big kind of events. And what I understand, kind of their last big event before their summer event, which I guess we really haven't talked about. Uh, you know, I've mentioned it some in some stories last week. Uh, it looks like they're going to continue the barbecue 
uh, tradition. Oh, wow. Interesting. And probably do June, something on June, June 3rd. 3rd which is here, interesting. June 3rd weekend. Yeah, because that's the same weekend as the elite camp, too. And we talk, we know Brent said you got to come to campus. So it sounds like that all tie in t- together. I wonder if those barbecue kids would stay in camp, too, or if they're just going to be on visits. You've got to know that's what he's hoping. Because uh, unlike the former staff, it's like, it's just cool to come hang out. Brent wants you to work. Like, there, <laughs> there's no doubt. He wants to go look you over, especially, you know, any defensive guys. He's going to want to watch those guys close because that's just that's just who he is. My God, now, now we have to find out if Travis is it can be Brent's uh, chef of choice for the Tomahawks. Oh, we need to check on that. Indeed. Yeah, Travis, <laughs> go to work. Go to work, son. And, he, I, and I, I, guarantee, yeah, I guarantee he won't steal your smokers. <laughs> that other guy. I bet, I bet Venables knows his way around a uh, a smoker. We need to get a Brent brisket. I'll talk to him about that. I bet he could. That'd be awesome. We need to set like Brent to do one or to Travis to do one? No, no, Brent to Brent. do his own brisket. Brent to do the brisket oh, and then like and put it out yes. there. Oh yeah. Oh god. Yes. Talk about just. <laughs> Woody, Put, putting the knife Woody, into the back. I'm going to give you a call. We're going to get this happening. This would be that could be a Scoop HD feature, cooking with Coach. <laughs> we got room in here now. Oh, we want to do it here on like the uh, yeah, on the campus corner? Set. Yeah, hell yeah. I like that. We can live pod. We'll, we'll do YouTube. We'll do the whole thing. We'll make it work. Yes. All right. It'll be well, Laney's first uh, Instagram post from coaching, <laughs> Cooking with Coach. Cooking with Coach. I know what will sell Brent. If he'll come and do it at our offices, I'll come up. I'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There we go. I'm down. I'm down. So, all right. Anything else you guys want to throw out? Obviously, Jocelyn Allo. Uh, yeah, congratulations. I was say, congratulations uh, to her. That was home pretty run cool. record. Finally, um, and that was one of those that like her. that was a no doubter. Yeah, like she that ball got over the plate and she 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 absolutely hammered that thing. Appreciated the pitcher with her her tweet. It, is there any? Like belief that like how perfect is it she does it in Hawaii? Yeah, it was just it, it was setting. It yeah. was kind of storybook the way that it all finished and it's you know happening at midnight. <laughs> yeah, like it was so late. I you know I obviously there was nobody that missed it if you're you know kind of keeping a track on that. But it's a massive time change. Yeah, it was uh, kind of storybook the way that that thing came because I'm pretty sure when uh, Patty Gasso recruited her to OU, that was like one of the things that she was like, we're going to get a game in Hawaii, but. You know, as it turns out, nobody thought that she was going to be able to play in that game because of uh, she was going to be have graduated early, and mm-hmm. then she took advantage of the extra year because of COVID. Uh, it all kind of like the stars aligned on that for her to be able to break it in front of her home fans or you know hometown and friends and family and all that kind of stuff. So that was cool. Well, and they're th- and they're twenty and zero. They just continue winning. I think we could take Thursday probably to get a little baseball update from you. Is uh... yeah, like it, well, it was just announced. OU's gonna OU Texas series is gonna move this year to Globe Life, and I think that it's it's for this year. Uh, April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, but it could be something that they look at in the future of, of, yeah, going down there and kind of playing a Red River thing down in in, uh, Arlington. Was this one in Norman? Yeah, it was was in Norman, so people are going to be pissed off about that. They're not going to like that. Yeah, I mean, it kind of is what it is. It's something that I think both schools were approached about, and they want to be able to do it. So, uh, you know, it's going to be kind of interesting to see if this is something that uh, sticks for one year, or is it going to be something that they try to do year after year so that part uh, of dallas has been the closest thing to orlando near us though dfw just the, where oh, the arlington is yeah. yeah i think uh there's like a- uh there's some type of wwe event down there that weekend as well 
WrestleMania. I think WrestleMania is in yeah, Arlington. Just upset the Bob. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think WrestleMania is down there in the same area that two, weekend. Two so night event. Should be interesting to see what, uh, are, is Bob's, it at Jerry World? Yeah. Oh boy. So that's going to be interesting. Bob's having a rough day. We, we got to take it easy on him today. There's been a tragedy in the WWE family. Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. What happened? He had hip surgery uh, last week and he had complications from it with a blood so clot. Scary. And he's on life support. Oh wow! And his best his best friend Kevin Nash Diesel said that once Scott Hall's family has all arrived, they will take away the life support. And Damn! So he on. died after having hip surgery. Yeah. Dick he, Shap, Dick he Shap had the same thing happen to him. Who? Dick Shap. Oh. Oh, it's the same surgery? Well, he had hip surgery and he died. It, it's pretty common. Like, infections are really a you know, scary thing That's with crazy. hip surgeries. Damn. I didn't know that. The Hall should have died many times in the last 20 years for his alcohol, drug abuse. But it ends up being a random, you know routine surgery and ends up doing it well unless he didn't like kill his family like kevin benoit <laughs> all right um so just no, actually terry will we have true. a tv to watch the tournament for thursday's pod <laughs> i'm hoping so I, they i have to call back cox again because uh, they they canceled three appointments and then they said, okay, your next appointment's on the 25th. I was like, that's not going to do it. And they're supposed to call me, and they never did. So, But that's where the TV will be, right there on that wall that I'm looking ahead of. So that's why they're drilling into walls, because they have to move things. So, All right. Well, sorry for uh, some of the technical glitches. We're kind of on our, our, our uh, road system today, and we hadn't had it hooked up in a while. So um, hopefully it sounds uh, close to normal. Uh, but uh, this is only going to get better here in the podcast room. It's kind of nice to sit here and we're nice and far apart and you know we want to kill each other it's going to take a couple of steps um yeah i'm looking forward to it and it was good building this thing up and we'll have some i'll get some photos out there i've kind of been sending some here and there um we need to have like the uh what was the oh it was cribs you have the uh sooner scoop cribs yeah like uh show you around type thing (laughs) and then we tell people to get the hell out when when we're done exactly so we'll uh, go upstairs we'll knock on zach's office door yeah we can or get yeah we can do that uh all right uh so thanks everybody for tuning in we'll be back again thursday for another pod uh get you caught up on uh, some spring sports stuff and uh, all the latest with ou football's uh spring break will be nearing an end and uh we'll be uh, getting ready to give you full uh spring football coverage so really looking forward to that uh thanks to dead soxy also uh, don't forget uh isaiah thomas's uh, merch still for sale we still have some in stock uh doing great things for the community and Tulsa, go check it out at Soonerscoopstore.com. Still have, uh, we're fully stocked now on hats, so uh, go check them out, Soonerscoopstore.com. And uh, more merch to come, and uh, more NIL to come as well. I know people are curious about when we'll start the next round, including Isaiah. He's like, who are you getting next? Uh, so, uh, all of that to come, but thanks for listening. We'll see you guys back here again uh, later on this week, right here on the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.